It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it looks like we are rapidly approaching one more fiscal cliff Armageddon. Uh, we have almost hit the debt ceiling once again, $28 trillion. Uh, it looks like the uh, the experts are saying that August 1st is probably going to be the day that we officially run out of money. And so you're going to hear a lot about this in the coming weeks and months as Congress tries to sort it all out. And we're going to sort it all out from the very basics moving forward. We're going to build this thing out so you have a good understanding of why we talk about the debt ceiling, what it actually means, what's being voted on, and why it matters to you and to our future in the country. And so we're going to turn to our ultimate inside source, James Walner, a senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Uh, you've uh, heard James on the, the show before. We've talked about separations of power, Congress, political parties, uh, federal policy, all of those good things. And uh, James, I'm counting on you uh, to help us understand this whole fiscal cliff concept. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. What is the debt ceiling and why does it matter? Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the debt ceiling is a statutory limit. It's a constraint on how much money the government can borrow to pay for its operations. And it was first created. Congress created the debt ceiling in 1917. Prior to that, incidentally, it would authorize every individual bond issuance. But since 1917, we've had this overall debt limit. It's kind of like your how much credit debt you can have on your credit card. And it covers all the debt held by the public. So if you or another country want to buy a government bond, and it also covers things like the Social Security Trust Fund, all of those things together combine and give us how much debt we have. And right now, as you said, you know, it's $28 trillion and in climbing. And it's actually, it's pretty stark. This is the highest it's ever been as a percentage of GDP. It's, yeah. it's, it's really stark. And so looking at that, uh, that number, and again, obviously we've never been uh, anything in, in this realm as it relates to GDP, which uh, we'll save that conversation for another day because there. The history isn't really good of countries getting to that space and then recovering. We're going to come back to that one. Uh, but let's talk about how how this is going to, to move forward. There, there's always this big debate. I think it's the big fake fight and false choice out of Washington that if somehow we don't magically say, well, we're giving ourselves uh, an increase on our uh, credit ceiling, <laughs> then somehow we're going to be in default and our economy is going to collapse and the world's going to uh, you know, melt down by Friday. Uh, what's the reality in terms of, of what happens? Well, 
the way that this is going to happen is on August 1st, and this is another convenient thing that Congress has figured out how to do. It used to raise the debt ceiling by a certain amount of money that lawmakers don't like for obvious reasons to vote on saying, let's add $2 trillion more trillion in debt to the credit card, the nation's credit card. So a couple of years back, what they figured out they could do is they could just vote to suspend the debt ceiling. And then when it comes back into force at a certain date, the debt limit will be whatever total amount of debt we have. This happened in, um, in 2019 during the Trump administration, and the suspension is scheduled to end on August 1st. So we technically don't have a limit on how much debt the nation can have right now. But we will have a limit on August 1st, and that limit will be whatever debt we have. And so the question is, well, where do you go from there? What do you do? What are your options? Well, you know, Congress could actually change the law to reduce the debt without raising the debt ceiling. Presumably, that's something that that would be feasible in any family kitchen table discussion. Right. right. How do we get a handle upon this? Yeah. Um, but they don't they don't do that. Right. Instead, they say, well, let's make changes. Let's promise to do things that we're that in, in the future. Right. And that's what we're going to probably see. Right. Maybe some budget reforms that won't actually come into force. And then you're probably going to see another suspension in the debt ceiling to another date certain. Um, But it is remarkable. um, The the fear mongering that you will hear um, that will come into this, it's all by design to get lawmakers and their constituents to feel like they have no choice but to raise their credit limit and take on ever more debt. Yeah. And I I think that's the. The biggest challenge, and as you mentioned, uh, we saw this during the Trump administration in 2019. Uh, I, I was there. You were, you were there uh, in, in the big one during the Obama administration where we had to come back in between Christmas and New Year's uh, because the sky was surely going to fall at the end of that year uh, without a debt ceiling increase and a bunch of reforms. Uh, so, again, just for our listeners, so just think this through, listeners. Uh, we have suspended the the cap of how much we can borrow. So we can just keep, we can spend like a drunken sailor, so to speak. And I know that's offensive to drunken sailors because I think we're spending at a rate much higher than a drunken sailor. Uh, And then when we get to August 1st, however much debt we've racked up, that magically becomes the debt ceiling uh, until Congress suspends it. And we have another Mardi Gras free for all uh, sort of thing. Is, Is that really what we're looking at, James? It is. And I don't know much about drunken sailors, but my understanding is that they typically would go on a drinking spree when they got paid. <laughs> so they were using their own money. <laughs> and that, so in many respects, we're much, much worse than 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 drunken sailors. You know, but you're you're absolutely correct. And the question is, you'll have lawmakers say we want to balance the budget. We want to balance the budget. Well, don't raise the debt ceiling. That balances the budget overnight. Or mm-hmm. take steps to reduce your spending so you don't hit the debt ceiling. This isn't a secret. Congress knows that they're going to be hitting the debt ceiling on August 1st for years now. And they choose not to. And I think that the, when you mentioned this idea of a fake fight, this is absolutely correct. And this is both parties. This is yeah. a Democrat and Republican. I mean, this is Donald Trump and the Democrat, I mean, and the Republicans Debt increased almost 36 percent during his administration, 36 percent. George W. Bush spent more money, non-defense, non-war on terror, non-security money uh, than any other president since LBJ. 
Wow. Right. So it's not just President Obama and President Biden no. and the Democrats. This is both parties. And I think that the American people uh, lose sight of this when you have this sky is falling narrative that comes in and says that we have to just keep doing this. We have no choice. Yeah. And that's and that's what we've got to put uh, the ultimate end to. Uh, and again, this is uh, today is really a precursor, folks. We're going to continue down this path uh, with James in the coming week, because, as he mentioned, the fear mongering is going to continue to increase. Uh, all the calls for why we have to continue to function this way are going to get louder. Uh, you're going to have all of these fake fights between the political parties. We're going to be the equal opportunity offender and we're going to call out the Republicans and Democrats and independents and anybody else. Uh, who's weighing in on this? Uh, at, but we have to get to this because ultimately, if we if we can't pay the bills, uh, and if people start to see us as a bad investment as a country, the fortunate thing is the rest of the world is a little bit of a mess financially too, and so we're still the best bet. But that will not always be the case, and then the real day of reckoning uh, will begin. James, thanks for weighing in and setting the table for us. So we'll have you back real soon as we march this thing forward and uh, see how this plays out for the American people. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll step aside for a quick news break. When we come back, uh, we're talking about some young Republicans. They've got some ideas about how we could do things about the climate and the environment. Find out what those are coming up next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 